Welcome, Nitty Gritty. We are back and we had an awesome episode today. We had McCall Weeks and Mandy Bishop from Hope for Fertility Foundation. And it was a topic that was, I mean, close to Cam and I's life because we've indirectly experienced it, but infertility. And we get to talk a little bit about what it is, both the mental and the physical side of it. But we tried to you know, focus more on what the foundation is doing and they are doing so many cool things. And I wanted to make sure I remind everyone that this week you're listening to it is their like fundraising week. And so they have all sorts of activities that you can go onto their website, hopeforfertility.org, and you can register and you can participate and you can help. And if you listen to it, it's incredible what they're doing and how they're helping different families and kind of what they have to go through. And it's, you know, they've all, you know, Mandy and McCall both have experienced it and they've, you know, gone through all the different steps of what infertility is. And so hopefully this episode helps maybe bring a little, you know, spotlight or attention to what it is on what people are going through. And if it makes you want to give back in any way, they talk about either volunteering time or, you know, this week specifically, if there's, even if it's a buck or two, I think to register for the events, like $10, um, you know, you can check it out and, and every little bit helps. And their goal is to help as many families as possible. So hopefully you enjoy this episode and thanks as always for checking us out. All right, everybody. Welcome to the nitty gritty. We are here with some very special, special guests. Two M's. <laughs> did, I, did anybody call you guys M and M? It's kind of adorable, right? We could right? be though. Yeah. M and M. Yeah. Don't so like it. <laughs> we are here with Mandy and McCall from the Hope for Fertility Foundation. Yeah. I don't say F's very well. Like I kind of struggle with it. Hope for Fertility Foundation. Yeah, it's a lot of F's. There are. There are a lot of F's. But I do have kind of a fat mouth, so those are hard to say for me. But thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks We're for We're excited to have you guys here. This is going to be awesome. So, Nicole and I, we go way back. In fact, you have weird connections with Cam. Yes, not, I do. Not weird connections. Not but weird. Multiple connections. There's a couple nights where I've had to sleep in her old be- bedroom. <laughs> you might want to clarify that. Well, yeah. I mean, we bought their family's house <laughs> in Highland. And I don't know which one of the rooms was yours. Which one of the, the rooms The one right yours? across from the master. Yep. Yep. That's Taya's room. Yep. So yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's our connection. We bought their house in Highland and we love it. Yeah. It's the best. I'm excited to buy the next house. From Do the it. <laughs> I'm pretty Alpine. sure my parents are moving to California. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. I heard about that. Yeah. San Clemente, right? Yeah. Well, Dana Point. Dana Point. Yeah. Yeah. Even better. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to kind of jump into this. So Hope for Fertility, Mandy and McCall. What is it, before we kind of get going into it, tell us a little bit about what Hope for Fertility is, and then I want to kind of dive into both of your stories on why you're a part of it. Okay. So um, Hope for Fertility, we do grants to couples that are struggling with fertility, the costs of infertility. So couples, I mean, when you start the infertility journey, it can be anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000 by the time you're said and done for even a chance to get pregnant. And there is 11% of the insurance companies out there that even cover any cost of it at all. So this is coming straight out of these couples' pockets. Why I mean, is that? Do you know? We just legislative, it's a, what do they consider it? It's a, um, 
like an elective. Like an elective. I was just going to say elective because like yeah, a, yeah. So elective class, elective surgery. Which yeah. I didn't get into. That's, cra- it's, that's, in terms, that's okay. crazy. Yeah, I have choice words about it. It's a lot of considered elective procedures. When for a lot of these couples, it's not. Sure. I mean, um, for majority of the couples, it's yeah. not uh, an elective. So we kind of help go in and make up the costs a little bit. So we do grants anywhere from $250 to $5,000. Okay. We have a grant application process. Um, last year, we did one grant cycle. This coming year, we're doing two. Very so we've cool. gotten to the point that we can now do two, which is huge. Um, we've doubled this last year in size, which is amazing. Yeah. Way amazing. So, so far. Especially since, this last year. If yeah. you think about it with everything going on, like, mm-hmm. isn't that pretty yeah. cool? Oh, I so, know. And we went to do our virtual fundraiser last year. I'm uh, like, everyone is so sick of this, but here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but I also feel like it brought something out of people, too, because I feel like there's a lot of charities yeah. that saw growth. Mm-hmm and donations yeah. and maybe it was the extra money people were getting with stimulus I, I, but I, it's not like that was that much i don't know maybe it just gave time people time to like think yeah and i, I think, think research stuff and feel comfortable about yeah. where they were putting their money yeah and yeah so we are, f- are a 501c3 so we're a nonprofit. and when did um, it start so it started in 2016 okay since then we have given out 59 grants for a total of over two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Wow, that's so we've cool. got 20 hope babies that we call part of our hope family. I was family. just going to ask that. Yeah. Like, and we've got five on the way, and we've got a lot of couples that are kind of still in the thick of it. Yeah. So. Wow. So yeah. who started it? So Chase and Teddy Palmer. Okay. They are actually in Orem. They live in Orem. They're the ones that started it after they went through their whole process of infertility. They just, there's not a lot of foundations out there like us. So they couldn't find anything to help. So they started their own, and then this, about a year ago? Wasn't it? They started a GoFundMe for themselves, yeah, for themselves. and then they had leftover Yeah, funds. and so they wanted wow. to kind of give back. So they so started they, it with they, the leftover money. Yeah, and then they had kind of a family hardship about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of had to step away from the foundation a little bit, and we stepped in, and we have a new board that's been with us for over a year, and wow. it's it's amazing. It's so rewarding. Everyone on the board has gone through infertility, going through infertility. We get it. Everyone, fact, all our volunteers. There's like four of us, five, five, five of us. And all of them have twins. boy, girl, twins, except me. Yep. I'm the really? only one. Yeah. They all, all have boy, IVF girl, twins, except me. Twins. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Isn't that funny? How, because infertility, I mean, I've seen it on both sides of my family. I feel like it's, I don't know if it's becoming more relevant or maybe people are just more willing to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but like what percentage of women would you say deal with that? So it's, we don't like to say just women because it is a couple. I mean, um, it's always the man's fault. Andrew. <laughs> it is science. Come on, Andrew. It is science. No, that's like... Just remember that. It really that. is like 50-50. It is 50-50. That's what I figured. So, and we're trying to change that stigma. We've talked a little bit about it where it's so hard for these women because they feel like it's their fault. Where sure. It's 50-50. It's half And then it's like 25% factor. both. Yeah. Both, ma- both the woman yeah. and the Interesting. So, yeah. but one wow. in eight couples will face infertility. That which is old statistic which is crazy so i mean that was a year ago so it could be higher um i do think we're talking about it more yeah i think that's why it's 
kind of more out there, more mm-hmm. known? So my mom, I'm considered a Clomid baby. So my mom suffered with infertility and she said, you did not talk about it. You did not voice it. You did not tell anyone you're going you to the doctor for it. And now it's, it's open. People are talking about it. People are sharing their stories, which is great because it's built this community mm-hmm. that McCall and I have seen just in the last couple of years. It's even grown since we got involved. Yeah. So it's so it's not a growing problem per se. It's um, not problem, but a growing issue. Or we're not seeing more infertility, or are we? Or is it just that we're talking I about? I think it? we might. I think it's both, to be honest. Right? Yeah. I think the stress of day to day living is hard for people. I think we have more ailments now than we did in the past. Like a lot of the people that apply for our grants are like cancer survivors mm-hmm. or. Um, yeah, they've just gone through like something really traumatic in their life, like yeah. random health um, issues. Yeah. Or... yeah. So, and is there any, are there any kind of medical patterns that we see, like people that have other ailments or certain things that can kind of say, like, you might have a struggle with infertility, or is it just infertility is kind of its own unique? Um, cancer's a big thing. one. Cancer? Cancer's a huge one. I think a lot of it is there's a lot of unexplained infertility right. out there. Yeah. Um, my husband and I are It's easier when you know. That. Yeah, it would be easier. It's for easier sure, I would know. imagine. Yeah. Well, it's like COVID. Yeah. Like, that's the hardest thing with COVID is there's no know. rhyme or reason yeah. to like, who has it bad, like who gets it bad, yeah. who dies, who, like for me, it was like a cult. Totally. Like it was, it was never really, it, so I think that maybe it's easier for us to wrap our he- heads around that. There's just some things. I think we're so used to being so smart Mm-hmm. Well, the and known is figuring. always easier than the unknown. Of course. Always. Of yeah. course. So, I mean, that's got to make it so much tougher, especially when you're think, talking about like, is it my fault? Is it his fault? Who's? It's like, no. We got to get rid of the fault. We got to get rid of the fault thing. Yeah. yeah it, that's, but that's, that's a, in everything, guys. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. marriage. That's, I mean, it's relationships. It's business. It's like, we have this inherent, I think humans just have this inherent ability to carry shame and make everything Either someone's fault or your own, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, when you know where the issue is, it's so much easier to start like, okay, this is our issue. This is where we start with all of the procedures. When you don't know, you start from the square one and usually it's like, okay, let's try this pill. It's a couple year That's like $10 a month, right? Clomid's like $10 for three months. And then you go to like all these other ones and pretty soon you're like, Twenty thousand dollars. Why didn't the pill yeah. work? <laughs> wow. Cheaper. And some people it works. I mean, so that's yeah. why they have you start at yeah, that process. The and there are a lot of people that it works at the beginning, and something works along the way. But that's why you have to start. At the and beginning. there's still not very many like connections there, as far as we were just talking about ADHD. ADHD is the same way. Like, there's nothing out there where you can go and get tested, and they can go like, oh. Okay, here's the 90 drugs. This one is going to be perfect for you. It it is kind of a trial and error. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It, yeah. it it sucks cuz I'm sure just like any other medication that affects I mean, are, are there infertility drugs that make oh. you feel crazy, make Clomid you feel tired? Clomid is the crazy tired? drug. Like, that's okay. after I've never done it. So after I was on it for 8 months and I didn't realize it at the time, but after when I got off of it, it was like probably a year later, I turned to my husband and I'm like, "I was flat out crazy." And he's like, "Oh, honey. <laughs> I love you." But yes, you were. Okay. <laughs> you should tell the casserole dish story. 
<laughs> well, that was, so we How have far this, did you throw it? No. <laughs> no, we have a saying in our house that's called, it's not about the casserole dish. So we had gone, so we went through eight months of Clomid, and then we went through, I mean, before that, we did timed intercourse, you know, ovulation kits, like, we're getting really TMI here. Um, it's not TMI. And then we went through, I mean, three cycles of IUIs, which is artificial insemination, and that was before, I mean, we were on Femara, like all sorts of, you hit all the drugs along the way. And we were on our first cycle of IVF and- What's the difference between all of that stuff? So a lot of them are just meds. Okay. So they're drugs to help stimulate like ovaries, everything. And along the way, like my husband's doing his tests, I'm doing my tests. We found out, you know, my husband had some um, some issues. I had some issues. So we were both. And it, we already had a child at the time. So okay. I suffered. Did you have a problem with the first? No. So first I, am, I have secondary unexplained infertility. Wow. That's like a whole mouthful, right? So we had gone. And then IUI is artificial insemination. Um, so you have to kind of go through all these steps if you don't know the problem. And you just kind of have to trial and error along the way. Yeah. I remember one of the doctors, I was like, what does this even mean? And they were like, it's just basically making sure that the sperm, instead of swimming the entire Atlantic Ocean, only has to swim like a lake. Interesting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes it make sense. You're yeah. just like shortening the, yeah, you're just it's helping both yeah. bodies. The journey. The journey. Yeah. You're, ex- <laughs> you're shortening the journey. I like the word journey. Yeah. yeah. So we were on our, we had just gone through our first like official IVF cycle. And right before we were going to go do retrieval, egg retrieval, they had to cancel my cycle because I was starting to hyperstimulate, which means mm. your eggs grow too fast. So then you and start retaining, and too many, you start retaining fluid and it can get really, really dangerous and you could potentially die from this. Yeah. So they had to pull everything off. So, and we went to an IUI instead. So, I mean, we had done probably $13,000 in drugs at that point, you and know. that's all out of pocket. All out of pocket. Oh. All out of pocket. So it was, we, it was during the holidays. We had a gathering and I had borrowed my mom's casserole dish. Like I know this, this story is so it's like. It's funny because it just explains. It's, it's, anyway, so I had borrowed my mom's casserole dish. We had had the dinner. I was cleaning it up so I could give it back to her, you know, washing it. And it slid off the counter and just shattered into a hundred pieces. And I don't know what it was about that that triggered, but I Aww. broke down. Like, and it wasn't just one of those, you know, tear, small, one trickle. It was like the Both uncontrollable, <laughs> like, just, just like bubbling tears, you know, drooling at the that's mouth like type the, thing. That's <laughs> like the healthy cries though. Yeah. Those are the ones you need. And right? I had somebody come up to me and say, it's just a casserole dish. It can be replaced. <laughs> and my husband turned to him and said, it's not about the casserole it's not dish. About the nail. Hugged me. <laughs> yeah. Hugged me and just whispered in my ear, it's okay to cry. Oh, and at that moment, I didn't realize how much I had been holding in that I was broken, that yet again, my body couldn't do what it was designed to do. And I was faced with this, all the emotions of everything. I mean, we started trying to have another one when my daughter was six months old and she was four at the time. So three and a half years of just trial and error and doctor after doctor. And we were living in St. George and we were driving up north for doctor visits. and, And so now whenever we have like something that there's an underlying issue where like it's not about the casserole dish there's something (laughs) bigger going on it's such a good story and there's so much to that story that applies to everybody yeah right like there's some inherent thing about i think 
God made women a little too strong. <laughs> like, like an impasse at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, listen, I am to the point now where I have, I have no qualms about it. Like women are stronger than men. Like, like I'm not talking about physically, obviously I'm talking about emotionally, mentally. I don't know what it is about how the ability for women to hold all that stuff in and still go about their day. Like if something makes me mad, sad, whatever, like it is right out there. You like, there's no guessing with me, which I think is, it, I hate it, but I also think it's healthy, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I've always respected how like my wife can do the same thing. It's just like, there's this stressful thing going on and she can just put it behind, you know, compartmentalize it, compartmentalize, compartmentalize. It's a word. Somewhere somewhere in there is a word. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And just like get things done. Yeah. And so, but do you ever look back at that story and wonder, like, can can stress? I would imagine that stress hurts your chances of, and and that's. Is there any in your foundation? Is there anything involving counselors? Like mm-hmm. providing therapy or counseling to, because that's the thing. Like you spend all this money, you go through all of this yeah. stuff, and if you're not healed, like if if you're not right. physically and mentally in the best place that you can be, like it sounds like you have an awesome husband. He is right. We could all learn some things from your husband, <laughs> but like you, you know, you the poor the women. Chance. Like yeah. whether this is the man's fault or the woman, like not fault. I'm sorry. You know what I mean. Like <laughs> whether it's their issue or. Yep. Like, it's still, like, the reproductive, I mean, you guys have that, right? Women. So there's got to just be so much, like, mental anguish and weight and stress involved with that. So how do you, how do you make it so that doesn't happen? You know what I mean? So you don't have to have the casserole dish break to just... That is one thing that I feel like the infertility world is missing. Yeah. We had to see a therapist for ours. It was part of our regimen. Uh-huh. And the problem is they're expensive, right? It's like for $150 sure. an hour. For sure. <laughs> so that's another reason don't people don't do it is because they're already like, well, I'm already paying this much money to this. So I'm maybe not maybe do. some therapists will hear this and donate some hours. Donate no. some time. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hope <for> Fertility <clears throat> Foundation sets <clears throat> <throat> <laughs> up. <laughs> But our money can be used for that. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So we, all of our money that we give to these couples, it has to go, like, we don't pay the couples and have them just use the money how they want. Like we end up, we pay. It's like a reimbursement type of program. So we pay directly the clinics or the embryo adoption. Gotcha. Um, And I guess I should have mentioned that. So we do our, our, um, our grants go from anywhere from IUIs to adoption. We do everything in oh, between. Cool. So embryo adoption, IVF, everything. The embryo only... adoption. Yeah. I know, fancy. What's yeah. that? What? what? Really? So instead of adopting a live child, you adopt an embryo. And then you, do you I do a surrogacy? Ever or you can, can carry it. You can do both. You can either yeah. have a surrogate carry it or you, or can, you carry can carry somebody it. else's Hold on. embryo. I had no idea that was yeah. a thing. And you can even donate, you can um, adopt sperm, you can adopt eggs. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Huh. There's everything in between. Wow. I had no idea. I know. We have height. We should we should donate. <laughs> <laughs> like people might want some height in their family. 
No, Dash that's really, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that is really interesting. I didn't know that. And you know, maybe the segues, in, I have, I have this question. I think a lot of people, this might be a very uneducated question, but that's why I want to ask it. Right. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. there's stigmas around everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Why don't people just adopt? I think that's a question that I've heard with IBF. Like you're saying you're spending all this money and, and see, I get it. Like having your own child, especially if it's a possibility, like never, ever judge anybody for that. Right. But you know, you have people like, well, if they're spending all this money and they can't afford it, there's so many children that need a home. Yeah. Do you guys, I'm sure you've heard that stigma, right? uh, right. My mom was adopted. So I grew up with that being very normal for sure. And so when we found out that we were going to have issues, I was like, adopt, Yeah. you know, I think I saw baby Sandy, baby Sandy. (laughs) What was that lion show about that guy from India? That gets adopted to an Australian family. Is it Life of Pi? No. No. No, he's like, he's an orphan. I know what you're talking about. Heart of the Lion or something. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways, right. I saw that. It's a really good movie. I saw the movie like right after we had found everything and I left the movie bawling. I'm like, we're going to adopt someone from India and change their (laughs) lives. And my husband was like, please, no, can we not do that? (laughs) And I was like, no, we totally are going to do this. I feel like for women, sometimes it's easier to love. Like, I feel like because of that nurturing ability that we have, it's easy to nurture and love anybody. For sure. That's why it's like, you know, it takes a village to raise your kids, Mm -hmm. aunts, uncles, everyone kind of acts as mom sometimes. That's just how we do it as women. And so I was like, I can totally adopt. That would be great. And as my husband and I talked about it, we're like, if there's a possibility yeah. for our own, though, we have to try the possibility first. And I, I was on board with him for that. The thing is, adoption is still really, really expensive. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy Super how hard it is. Almost more, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? So by the time you go through the legal fees and the mm-hmm. adoption and the, I mean, so I a think lot of people yeah. think, oh, I'll adopt, and then they look at it and they're like, oh, IVF's cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe That's I just so do. Crazy. I yeah. So I think that, um, what's the, it, sorry, what's the average cost of IVF and do you have an average cost of like, so it can go, it just depends on your clinic. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've had some as low as $10,000 and then some all the way up to 140. But what they quote you is just for Fair the stuff. procedure of IVF. That yeah. doesn't include medications. That doesn't include diagnostic stuff. So when they say it's $10,000, then you're going to still pay like six to seven in medication and then probably two more just doing like Like the pre and the post stuff yeah Yeah. and then i mean it is considered a surgery so you have to pay the anesthesia you have to pay the storage fees if you get any embryos you have to pay the storage fees over the years if you choose we just got our storage bill in my email and tan's like we better do another one we gotta i'm not paying that one more year (laughs) it can add up to a lot so i am glad you asked that question though because i feel like there's a lot of people that don't know yeah do not ask that question no of to course people you would be surprised how it's many a total people, stigma like, question don't, and don't like, it makes zero sense to ask that question but, but people, people do, do. Yeah. and that's why we have to talk about it it's I, that yeah. was my almost half of my episode i just told you about with adhd was yeah. just the stigma around adhd you know in, in general conference just last weekend that was something so meaningful meaningful to me was there was that one talk that just when somebody gets up in our you know church jesus christ of latter-day saint general conference somebody that we look up to and says and tells these types of stories about mental illness all of a sudden people start taking it more seriously mm-hmm. and so it has to be the same and that's the thing i've heard people ask that question and it just for me i'm a little hypersensitive to that stuff it that's exactly how it felt like that is a bad 
question. And not to mention, you might end up with somebody who's on a lot of hormone drugs. Yeah. And oh, dear. they can, I mean. Did you hear that, people? <laughs> There's your so warning. So it can, I mean, we talk oh, about, yeah. there's a, we talk a lot on our um, like Instagram page, the do's and don'ts yeah. of yeah. infertility. And one of that is a huge don't For sure. along with just relax. If, or yeah. if you just say, well, and you'll get pregnant. Well, my, my sister only had to look at her husband and got pregnant. Like, don't say those type of, they're <laughs> not helpful no. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, I had a just say, tell like, me one time that. Um, spinach, too much spinach cannot. Oh <laughs> and I'm like a health nut. So I was like, maybe I should cut spinach out of my time. I mean, right? I was just like, uh, yeah. Everyone's got us. Everyone's got everyone, right? yeah. yeah. Instead, just ask, what do you need? How can I help? Do you I'm need, sure. like, find out when they're going through a cycle or they're going through a transfer and drop off dinner. Yeah. yeah. And just like, and if they don't want to share, they don't have to share. Yeah. Well, and I think there is that stigma of because it costs money, people think like, oh, they can afford it or they don't need dinner or they don't. It's like, no, I mean, that is so much money. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're, they're, they want this so badly that they're willing to sacrifice for something that, yeah, maybe for you, it was super easy, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So we've got to get past this whole, cause we all have our things, yeah, right? And everybody needs, even if you don't understand their thing, I think that's really the problem. Yeah. I don't think that people are inherently like judgmental or mean or, you know, mm-hmm. they just don't understand it. Yeah. Well, if you haven't yeah. been through it, you can't relate it, it, in any right. way, yeah. right? Like I For can't, sure. goes I can't empathize at all what you guys have gone through. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's really hard to know what is the appropriate thing to say, what is the appropriate thing to ask. And so I think, in human nature of fear of doing something wrong, you do nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I think it's helpful too that only one of the spouses is going through it because my husband will always be like. Don't take that personally. <laughs> it's not I what they meant. To, I'm, it, like, I'm you so know, glad you brought that because up. Because a lot, and like now I just, I prelim all of my family, like, about to do this. Be really careful what you text me or say in the next coming weeks because I'm not going to be in my right place of right. mind. And it's helpful that Tanner, my husband, is so he can be like, it's okay. So don't, question, you know, because so, people are coming, like you said, from a good place. I don't think they're trying to be like, ha ha, you have to, you know, they're just like, they don't know. And so they don't do anything or they, they try and do too much. Right. So like, as you're there, is it, is it just the emotional, like weight of going through that? Or is it the drugs and the hormones that you're having to pump into your body? Both. Both. Like when we did our, we did a round to get our second, we already had one. And so I'd already done it all. So I was like, I'm a pro. And I like really like, I really pride myself. I do all my shots myself. And yeah. So I was about to do my first shot of my second round. And I like came out to my husband. I was like, I can't do it. I'm like panicking. Like I'm, I need you to do it. And so it's like in your butt. So I turn around and he's like, literally looks like he has a dart about to like dart my butt. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing your show. That's what you asked me to do. I'm like, why are you holding it like that? Don't do it like that. And he was like, I can't do it. I've never done it. You always I do just it. saw like a dartboard tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just get a little dartboard and you just and be like. So I literally had to just like go in the bathroom and like, 
I had like a minor panic attack. I had like PTSD from doing it before or something. And I just had this like breakdown. And once I did the first shot, it was fine. But I couldn't believe like the emotions that were stirred up because I was like, I've done this before. I've got this. And then all of a sudden I was like staring at this needle like, I can't do this. I really can't do this. I I don't want to do this, you know. So I think it's both. I mean, on a much smaller level, both of our wives went through the egg donation process. Yeah. For a sister, right? And so like all the shots and everything. So in directly, you guys, you guys have seen a little glimpse, a, a little yeah. bit yeah. of it. Yeah. For sure. yeah. Yeah. A little bit of it. So what would you say is like the biggest misconception about infertility? I think one is that it's the woman's fault. Yeah. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Everyone always assumes it's fault it's, is an interesting, like where, I mean, I've caught myself saying it twice. It, it, I think the, the right word is obviously like, is it? an issue with this person's yeah. body or this per- but fault like That's how did that question. word ever create i wonder if people say it like me like in no way shape or form did i ever mean it was totally. someone's fault yeah. it's just like the english word that pops up right. but i want you guys said earlier that women do feel like it's their fault mm-hmm. like that's so sad they had no say over their genetics like they had no yeah that is so sad. Yeah. Especially because it's like, that's our calling in life, right? Like, oh. that's really what it okay. feels like we were be here to do. And reproduce, you know? And like, I think that that's changing in this day and age. Like, a lot of women now work and are moms. Like, I think that the the idea of a mom has evolved, but I still think at our core, like, that's what we feel like we're here to do. Interesting. And so when that feels threatened, you're like, well, why... What's my point? What's my my purpose? How am I going to do this? Like, and I think that's why women just their brains scan. You should have Jenica Parcell on here. Actually, you should look into her. Um, she She talks about referral from you. Yeah, I'll give you one. Yeah, (laughs) she talks though about how your brain just scans for a solution always, and so sometimes when you're on all those medications, it scans for like a really bad solution. When you're thinking clearly, you're like, okay, I'll adopt, I'll do this, yeah. I'll foster, I'll, I can do all, you know, and then, so that's why the, I think the drugs make it difficult because that reason of logic to try and get yourself to a positive solution is gone. Yeah. The brain is a powerful, powerful thing. Like, totally. I keep bringing up ADHD, but just, I, I'm so into a book right now, but it's the same, like we do have a part of our brain that ADHD people, can, we all have this part. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's the same thing. They call it the DMN, which is it's the part of your brain that is creative, like comes up with problem solving. Yeah. But if you don't switch it off in time, there's it, we now with ADHD, we call it the demon mm. because it'll start telling you all the things wrong with your idea. Why you're not a person that could pull that off. Mm. We don't have the physical switch in the brain that can shut that off. And so I wonder if that's, what is activated in yeah. a woman's mind when they're going, you know, whether it be that medication or anything else that it's so, cause it's such, it sounds so logical, right? It sounds so smart. Like, yeah, you're right. No, you're totally right. I could never yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, that would be so hard. Yeah. For my second, I had, I retrieved 18 eggs and did by, you do IVF for both. I did IVF for both. Okay. Yeah. 
both of my kids come from IVF. And for my second, I got 18 eggs and I came home from my retrieval like, we'll never have to do this again. We have all these kids that are frozen. How wonderful. <laughs> and then they called me the day of my transfer to transfer the baby into my body. And they were like, you only have one. And I was like, how did I go from 18 to one? Yeah. Like, there's no way. I thought I was done. I thought my family was all frozen and perfect. And they were like, I don't know what happened, but you only have one. And I was like, well, I can't transfer one today. I'm like not in the right headspace. I'm yeah. stressed out. I don't think this is going to take. I'm on all these medications. My body hasn't healed from the retrieval. Like, I can't do it. And thankfully, I was actually at the temple, a worship service in my church. And so I was in a very peaceful place. And I just like shut my phone off. My doctor was like, just text me if you're coming in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you got it. So I went into the temple for two hours and I just sat there and I was just like, I just need direction. I need like, I need spiritual intervention right now because my logic is not working. That switch was yeah. off. Yeah. And I was just but thinking like- But see the fact like, that you could think that is pretty amazing. Yeah. And so I had like a really spiritual experience. I knew that our little spirit was ready to come down and that one egg, the one embryo took and we got our second. Wow. So Women are so much better than we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Easy. They are. For sure. Like in every aspect, they just <laughs> dominate us. Hopefully it evens out after this life. <laughs> so, so two questions and these are kind of backing up just based off of what you guys were saying before is, um, as far as the process goes, once you do it the first time, do you, do they know that, can your treatment ever, or does it ever have to change the next time? Like, or does, once they figure out what works, that always works? No. No. So it could, it, so, I mean, it could be for some people, it could be like starting over every time, or is it for everybody? It's like starting over every time. It kind of, I mean, well, there's a lot of factors. So it kind of depends on one, how many embryos you have frozen. Okay. Um, because that kind of depicts on if you have to start the whole IVF process over again. Right. Um, you can just unfreeze or you those can guys. just unfreeze. <laughs> and if they thought, I mean, there's so many factors. If they thought how, what grade they are, if they're, I think I, they, they do it by grade on like how healthy they are, right. and how far okay. along they are. And I think I'm talking more biology, like your personal yeah. biology. Can it change to where hormones have to be tweaked? Medications yeah. have to be changed. Like what worked before so may they not usually work start again. you on like the baseline of what you did prior. Because right. that works. That's your starting point. Uh -huh, that's your starting point. And then you come in like almost every day for blood work mm -hmm. and <sighs> tests to see, like they'll do ultrasounds to see what your ovaries are looking like, how big your eggs are, what oh your uterus gosh. looks like, everything. So you come in every day and then they tweak daily. Like, okay, your estrogen's not as high as we want, so double up or you're wow. all that. Why do people have to leave so, the U.S.? Because I've had some friends that have mm -hmm. gone outside of the U.S. for treatments. Cheaper. Free. Is that yeah. Almost money, free. Money. Yep. That's why. It's all money. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I we've had some like people that go to Canada, Mexico. Like I, know. I, I mean, just told Tanner last night, yeah. I'm like, let's move to France. Yeah. <laughs> let's go do it in France. I mean, we have somebody on our board that was living in France when for her did. first, yeah. and she was like, it cost me nothing. Because Universal health care, right? Yeah, socialized medicine. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, which is, I mean, that, but there's maybe. so many there. I mean, we're seeing that there, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of like pro ballers that go to Europe in the off season. Do they have these like, well, they do like res surgery resorts? Like yeah. Well, no, they'll go do their ACL there because there's better, there's better technology. I think mm -hmm. we're like 16th in the world now for like medical technology. Yeah. And, but they make like resorts out of it. Like you go, you do all your treatments, like these luxury resorts, like, 
I feel like we're so behind that. the times, right? <laughs> I want that next right? time. <laughs> so my second question is, see, I think there's so much more mental health involvement in this. Which than is crazy because it's such a physical thing, right? It's all it's physical. It's easy to forget but the mental side. Like, yeah. But there's two sides of that, right? Yeah. So spousal education. So let's say the typical is, let's say the woman has the biological issue that needs the IVF, like, but you were talking about hormones. Like a lot of marriages aren't good with communication as it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> so is there anything there as far as education on how to, like how to support? be a good yeah. partner and support the spouse that needs, you know, the treatment? Yeah. I actually had a hunch that we were going to have to do this because we had been trying for a year and I was like, how has this not happened for us? You know? So I started doing all my research. I was reading all these terrible blogs of all these influencers that were like, our marriage barely survived. And I remember coming to Tanner and being like, we're not going to make it through this if we have to do this. You understand that, right? Like we have got to like be on. He was like, what are you that's reading? Not, but Turn that's not a laptop. joke though. No, it is. Joke. So the look divorce what COVID, rate. Look at what COVID did. The yeah. divorce yeah. rate with couples that have gone through infertility is higher yeah. because of the stress that it mm -hmm. brings. I mean, there are some clinics that like our clinic required us to do a class on IVF Good. before we did yeah, it. Same. And I wish more clinics would do that. Yeah. I Because uh, that's very uncommon. Right. Um, one thing that's nice about our foundation is, so we work really close with the couples along. Once they get our grant, we are in constant communication with them through the entire like process. Do you guys have a group that like where you can talk to other yeah. people that have yeah. gone through it? And, and um, I mean, I just got an email from one of our grant recipients that went through kind of a traumatic thing a month ago. And I just said, you know, we're here for you. Let us know what you need. We understand what you've been through. Um, we're willing to work with you on your grant because I mean we have you have six months to use your grant. If something comes up, we work with the couple. We understand that it's a very time sensitive. So are sensitive you talking theme. like they had to pause because yeah. of something going on yeah, in their something, personal lives? Yeah, no, just something medical big happened. Oh, so okay. I just said we're willing to work with you, and she called me just in tears. Oh, it's like it is so nice to have a community that gets it, that understands Life that, happens. Yeah, that it's not my, this was not our choice. This is not something we had planned for. And like, I'm getting like, she was just so it's nice Grateful. to be able to have a community that gets it, that understands the emotions, the process. Right. So if people that are going through it can find that, I mean, either through us or a Facebook group. So it's more or, than money. Yeah. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah. Right. It so, is. Question about that a little bit. How many applicants do you get as opposed to grants given? Mm, good question. So this year we got 103 applicants. Applicants. Okay. And we are a nationwide grant. So we give them to across okay. the U.S. And we awarded 28 mm -hmm. this year. Okay. Which That's pretty is, good. Yeah. So we're at like, I think, 24%. Yeah, I was going to say just under 30%, yeah, right? Something like that. And then so, how do you decide? Gosh, this is so hard because going through it, you're like, I want to give you, it's I want to so pay hard. for all of it. Like, how can I only, like, I say this, how can I only give you $500 knowing that there's so much more, but it's, but even that is such a huge blessing to those people, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, how do you guys balance? I've never been in that situation. Like, someone needs this. I've been through it. I know what it's like. I want to help you, but like, I want to help you more. Like, how do you guys balance that emotionally? We have a really good committee. So we have a grant committee. Don't do it while you're on medication. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending a casserole dish to their <laughs> office. 
Just say, don't stress. Everything's going to be stress. good. Don't stress. Everything's good. I'm going to no. glue it back together. Yeah, I'm going to break it, back it together. and I'm going to glue it back, back together. Um, we have a really good grant committee. Yeah. So there's nine of us on the grant committee. And I mean, they're from all walks of life, all across different religions, different backgrounds, different. Right. I mean, it's everything. Um and Which that is good to give helps. us a really well-rounded. Yeah, I, when we, I we mean, read through every we, application, every single story we read, it's emotional. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional. I mean, we constantly are texting each other, of, "How do we do this? Yeah, we're never going to be able do? to do this." And then we get on a call and we talk through every single person that we've even considered giving the grant to. So we all will send in to the president of the foundation, like our top ten, mm-hmm. top five. And then um, we get on a call and we discuss all of like the top couples that we came across and talk about like how much to give them. So we look at like um, what their issue is, why they are in the position that they are, how much infertility they've already gone through. And then we look at their financial situation. Like, are they responsible with money? Yeah. It's how really, you, and so how much how they need. Like they it, said, so our an, application is like really in depth. Credit yeah. report? No, we don't go that in. Not quite. <laughs> I'm just I mean, wondering, like, yeah. I mean, because you can say anything, right? Right. But yeah. It's, you I know, mean, as you guys grow, you're gonna, you know, I would imagine that nonprofits need to watch for that. Yeah. Like yeah. People yeah. taking advantage, right? I mean, and we have the infertility. So we have three requirements for our application. You have to be a U.S. citizen. Right. You need to be legally married, and you have to be diagnosed with infertility and working with a clinic. Gotcha. Because we don't give them the money. We give the clinics or the doctor sure. the money. Um, and so we have their doctors fill out a form for us that says, this is what they're going through. Oh, this is cool. what they've gone through. This is how much they need so that we have kind of a baseline of what. And there's, I mean, there's some that we roll out that we're like, what they're saying and what their clinic is saying is not matching up. So we right. cannot give them money. Right. Good. So Do people apply over and over again. We have had, I think, one apply, but a lot of it is time sensitive. Okay. Yeah, they need the money now. They, yeah. I mean, and we've had some people that were shortening our grant cycle. So f- because the funds just haven't been there, I mean, people aren't willing to give if you haven't, if you don't know somebody going through it or you haven't been through it, it's hard to give to our foundation if but, you don't understand. Right. I think most, most nonprofits are yeah. probably like that. It's like you give to something that hits home for you. Yeah. I was telling a but, friend the other day, I'm like, cancer sucks for everyone, right? Like, yeah. even if you haven't had someone die from cancer, you're still like, oh, that's so Everyone's, sad. Well, and you so many generally people, know someone right. yeah. nowadays. But I'm like, infertility, I always say, when you know, you know. Like, mm-hmm. when, you, when you've when you known someone or you've gone through it yourself, you're so much more likely because you totally understand the heartache of it all. Yeah. So. But the difference, too, is I would imagine with something like this, women... Like based on McCall, what you said earlier about like, that's our, you know, like our purpose, right? Or that's what we wanted to, if you wanted to be a mom, like even if you don't know anybody or haven't been through it, like if you're a mom, you hear this yeah, and it's yeah. like, I would never want anybody to not have this right opportunity or privilege. Yeah. And so hopefully that would help, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you've got somebody that at least gets how special it is to be a, a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so what about, I have to go, we can edit that part out, but I did want to ask one final question before I leave. What are things that people can do that could help? How can people donate that don't have money to donate? Like what are things that you guys need on top of money that can help 
the people you're trying to help, whether it be therapists donating hours yeah. or I don't know, like donating food, restaurants, donating food while people are going through treatment so they can have meals delivered to their houses. Or is there anything like that? Um, it is a little tricky just because we are nationwide. Right. So, I mean, we have com- we have couples in New Jersey and Texas and all over the place. But the biggest thing we need is volunteers that are willing to help us then just if you come across our Instagram, share Volunteers it. Volunteers for what? For yeah. just anything. So we've got fundraisers. We do two fundraisers a year. So I'm the chair of fundraising. Oh, yes. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm the chair of fundraising. You're th- I'm over finances yeah. and corporate donations. Right. And because we've kind of had a change of hands over the last year, we're all doing, like I do it pretty much by myself. Mm-hmm. When everyone like is like, oh, I want to help with your foundation, they usually send them to me. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, okay. fundraising, like McCall needs help. Like everyone go help McCall. But yeah, so that's what we need is people that will come because we donate all of our time. In fact, my husband sometimes is like, you should just go get a full-time job and donate your entire paycheck to them because it'd probably bring in more money. Yeah, but interesting. So that's what we need is just people that are willing to get involved with our foundation and donate time to read grants if they want to be on the mm-hmm. board, help me with fundraising, help you with finances. Like if you have an expertise in marketing or social media or fundraising or anything like that, like we will take you. Yep. See, I would imagine even therapists here, like with Zoom now, yeah. yeah, like it doesn't matter if someone's in Texas or New York, like if there are therapists here willing to, yeah, willing to donate, to do online therapy, like mm-hmm. for sure, that could totally be big because yeah. there are so many good therapists, so many good family counselors here Yeah, just because yeah. of where we are. But yeah, the nature and just, I mean, we get a lot of people that apply because of word of mouth. Yeah. yeah. And that's, so if you hear about us, if you see us like share us, share who we are, share our like what we do. Yeah, because right. people don't like really like to follow foundations on Instagram. That's true. Like we, we're not putting out really funny like content yeah. all the time, you know? That's so the thing. people it's like real content. Yeah, like, like they'll follow us during fundraising time and then like it drops off until we have like a grant cycle or something, so. Yeah. I remember Robin talked about that, um, a fly on my wall. She's like, yeah. you know, cause she's all about, you know, self-defense. And she's like, whenever I talk about that, like all my engagement goes way down. Yeah. But when I'm kind of being crazy and funny, all of a sudden everyone's coming back. And I think it's people just do go to social media could, to escape reality. Mm-hmm. And so when they're reminded of reality, that makes it harder to your point. It's, you know, yeah. an, an extra challenge. Yeah. Um, so talk about a little bit like those two fundraising take weeks you normally do. Yes. Yeah, so we do two weeks a year. I mean, you can talk another one if you're not Yeah, No, you're good. No, um, Facebook fundraiser. If you don't have money to give, our Facebook fundraiser is the charts huge. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if people are familiar with that, but if it's your birthday, you can say, "Hey, raise, donate." Instead of giving me a birthday present, donate to this foundation. So we're on there. Amazon Smile. Yeah, Amazon Smile. We're also on Amazon Smile as well that you can pick pick our foundation and a percentage. So how does someone do that? So right now, someone's listening and they're like, "Hey." My birthday's coming up. That's awesome. So what do they do? Hope for Fertility Foundation on Facebook. Go right to us and then you can click on our fundraiser part of that. And, and just it's a step. I've never done that. So it's like an yeah. easy, super easy, dummy proof process. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And our Facebook this year, we've gone 89% higher than last year. We've raised more money through that. Really? So. And it's, it's by something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're little, I mean, they could be a dollar at a time, right? And that's what I think people don't realize. Yeah. Sometimes they think, oh, I can't donate a thousand bucks to this. So it's not worth doing it, you know, but a couple of bucks goes a long way when Mm -hmm. everyone around you is doing something. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, McCall can tell you more about our fundraisers. They're fun. They're really fun. 
So we do one in October and then we do one in April and April is National Infertility Awareness Week. Okay. So we usually do it during that week because people are, it's already on their mind. Yeah. The one in October, it, we call it Fitness for Fertility. Okay. It might change when I'm not chair of fundraising, but I love to work out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we do in October. And we just host a ton of events during that week. And this year we've really tried to expand outside of Utah. Okay. So we have like an event going on in Jackson Hole. We have an event in Arizona. We have a couple back east. And then, of course, because of the nature of COVID, all of them are going to be offered virtually. Oh, okay. Most of them. Yeah. Okay. There's a few that there's some licensing things that they can't do them virtually, but we're actually hosting one in your... In my house. In your house. Yep. Yep. We're doing a yoga class in Andrew's house. Um, and see you. And all of the people are donating their time and space. Okay. So all of the instructors are like, yeah, tell me what to do. And the funny thing is, is we, last year, we really tried to get a lot of influencers mm -hmm. to do classes and no dig on them, but their classes were the least attended. It was all the people that were like grassroots, homegrown, like, I'm just going to invite all my friends and family to come do this class with me that we got the most people. Yeah. That's because it's that, it's that personal connection, yeah. Yeah. right? Like you're personally impacted by this. Mm -hmm. It's just different. Yeah. So we had three girls in Seattle last year that just like... Were amazing. Were amazing. They just totally like... And I only knew one of them. The rest of them didn't know any of us. Yeah. And they just like brought all their friends and family together and did this class. And they raised the most at their yeah. event. So the idea is that if you have a talent or a class to share, you host or sponsor your own event. And so you try and curate your own following, your own people. And then we do all the back end, the signups. This year, we're giving out fanny packs with mixers. You guys have had mixers on. Yeah. We're putting mixers and Redmond salt stuff in the fanny packs. And then... Um, yeah, we're going to hike the Y with mixers. We've got a few of the mixers girls coming to that. Um, we've got the one in your house. Shirley's going to do that one for yoga. We've got high fitness, of course, because it's so popular. Um, a few dance fitness, actually. And then, like, the HIT class in mm -hmm. Jackson Hole. So there's just going to – hopefully there's going to be something for everyone. And if you don't want to do a class, we say just sign up for a personal activity and go hike the trails behind your house. Or if you love to bike, jump on your bike and saying, I'm dedicating this ride to Hope for Fertility because I registered for it. And um, – We had a lot of people do that last year. Yeah. And it was really fun. They'd yeah. share their pictures and it yeah. was fun. Like a few yeah. – like my mom loves to hike. And so she was like, I'm just going to get a few of the – hiking mamas is what they call themselves like i'm gonna get a few of the mamas we're just gonna hike the trails behind our house and i'm just gonna pick a day and do it so so when they do that when they sign up there's a donation they can do and then the activity is whatever they choose whatever to they go want. And do yep yeah. so on the registration you just click personal activity and then just your $10. registration yeah ten dollars and that goes to us mm -hmm. and then you just do your own activity so if you love to swim go swim for your personal activity if you love to surf go surf you know so do you have a, I mean, everyone's got goals, but like, do you have predetermined families for this like fundraising yeah. round or do you raise the money first and then go through the application process after mm -hmm. once you know, once we know how much we have. So, um, in the past we've kind of every penny earned every penny given sure. type thing. And it was just a year to year, but now that we're at the point of we're actually growing, um, we really wanted to get to two grant cycles. So we're doing two grant cycles this year, which is really really cool for us yeah. to do um yeah we've we've been working towards that for a while um one thing that's awesome about our foundation though is nobody takes any money 
Yeah. So everyone that works with us, everyone that's on the board, everyone that donates their time. I mean, some days it's a 40 hour work week for some of us that are on the board that do everything and we're doing it all for free. Um, Every penny goes back to these couples. So, and it's every penny well spent because I mean, some of these babies that we've gotten through these foundations, they're just the sweetest things. And to be able to see those parents finally hold this miracle that they've been waiting for so long. Well, how cool to be just a piece of that, yeah. right? Just to know you played just a small part in helping that happen, bringing oh. a human being to earth. I mean, that's just I mean, crazy. And McCall yeah. calls it like, we're a drop in the bucket, as McCall always likes. So yeah. We're just sure. a drop in their bucket. But I yeah. mean, every drop counts. Absolutely. Yeah. So. So can people help, obviously now, kind of strategically we're trying to do this because the week this podcast releases will be your week. Oh, oh, yay. And so this will come out the week that you are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So if they're listening and they didn't have time to maybe plan an event mm-hmm. is the biggest thing they can do just so go to the website and register this that week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can go right on our homepage. It says register for Fitness for Fertility and you can click on it if you want to hop into a class last minute. Like I said, you can do them virtually. So like the girl in Jackson Hole that's doing her HIT class, I take her class every Wednesday mornings virtually because she's a friend of mine and so and she's so good. And so I just take it virtually because I don't live in Jackson. Mm-hmm. So if you hop on and you're like, oh, I could like attend that class, register for that class. If not, like I said, you can just go out and do anything. Or if you want to just donate money and you want to sit on your couch, that's totally fine yeah. too. Like we'll take anything. So where do they go specifically? What's the website? Hopeforfertility.org. Okay. And not .com. I've made that mistake so many times. <laughs> .org. .org. <laughs> yeah. Is there a different .com? No. No. I don't think so. No. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many other things I think we could do, but what would you say is outside of money, what's the number one way people can help? Um, not specifically for us, but just for the infertility community and as a whole, I think just be patient with your friends, with your family um, that are going through infertility because it's a journey and some people choose to kind of wear it on their chest. Some people choose to hold it in their heart. Yeah. Um, be aware, be kind, be gracious, be loving. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, when do you open up applications? So January 1st is when we're going to start opening applications again. We're talking about maybe doing it December 1st. We're still with the holidays. We're still trying to figure out sure. if we can handle we that. We can do that. If yeah. we can handle it on our end. But as of right now, it's January 1st. Okay. Yeah. So. so and it's a $50 application yes. fee. Yes. And it's considered and a donation. Back. Yeah. So, yeah. Because we are 501c3, you can use that as a donation. Yeah. And just in case you need to know, all of that is tax deductible yes. from the financial nerd inside of me. Yeah. So if you need a deduction a great way to do it yeah we do get asked sometimes too i've asked this to you multiple times the reason we don't do more than five thousand is because it puts us into a different tax bracket that gets Mm -hmm. really complicated and And we're still small and we're still small and we liked also the couples to have some skin in the game too it means more to you when you have some skin in the game too so we found that five thousand has been helpful enough Mm -hmm. And keeps our finances really easy. And then it also helps them to feel like they're really involved too. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think you guys are doing fantastic work. 
thank you for coming on and chatting a little bit about it. And hopefully as this releases this week will be your best week you guys have ever had. Yeah, of course it will. I'm the biggest nitty gritty fan there ever was. I'm like, Andrew, I know we're not your wheelhouse, but please have me on. I love you guys. Well, hopefully this was helpful and hopefully it kind of, you know, exposes the message to some people that might not have heard it. So thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you.